The Sport Industry Access Podcast, Episode 50. What core skills do you need to be a sports nutritionist? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who is a sports expert in a specific field of the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in sports nutrition. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Dr. Kevin Currell. Kevin is the Director of Science and Technical Development at the English Institute of Sport. With over 10 years of experience working in sports nutrition, Kevin has worked with high-performance athletes to support their nutritional needs during high performance. Also, Kevin is an author of the Performance Nutrition It is a must-read if you want to pursue a career in this sector of sport. For that reason, it's a pleasure to have Kevin as a special guest on the show. That's why in today's episode, Kevin will share his sports career journey and explain the core skills you need to pursue a career in sports nutrition. Kevin, it's great to have you on the show. Please, can you share your sports career journey to the listeners? When did it all start? Uh, Well, thanks for the invite, Ed, to start with. Oh, when did it all start? I guess back as a, uh, a sports mad kid, really. Um, my teenage years especially were uh, obsessed by playing football. I wasn't very good. I thought I was at the time, but I wasn't. Um, I was very good at the dub- double-footed tackle from behind, but um, they banned that. Uh, so I kind of had to look at an alternative. I was a teenager in the 90s, which is not a, um, a pleasant memory for most people who love sport in Britain. It wasn't a good time to be a lover of sport, not qualifying for the World Cup in 94 and, you know, pretty poor Olympics in Atlanta. So and I remember thinking, why are we not any good at sport as a country? I, I didn't understand. So I kind of had that passion for sport, went off, did a sports science degree uh, at Liverpool John Moores because uh, I was half decent at science, even though I wasn't good at sport, but I loved sport. So it seems an obvious uh, combination. Uh, and that was quite a generic degree, really, quite a generic undergrad Um I tried to cover as many of the different areas of sports science as possible. Uh, I'll be honest, at the time, not deliberately, uh, but in hindsight, it was quite useful to, uh, from getting an understanding of performance analysis or notational analysis, as it was called then, uh, through biochemistry, physiology, biomechanics, psychology, sociology, really gave me a broad understanding of uh, uh, sports science. Went off to, did a master's and then got, the chance to do a PhD uh, at Birmingham University, um, which was based around uh, uh, multiple transportable carbohydrates and how they influence uh, performance and hydration uh, with Professor Asker Zhukandrup. Um, and that was a, 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 probably a key point for me is it, you know, that PhD developed critical thinking. Um, it made me realize I didn't, definitely didn't want to be an academic. 
Um, but it uh, gave me a passion for nutrition. Uh, I had a passion for human performance, and then I realized nutrition had an impact on performance. So I started go- guiding my uh, the experience I was trying to, to gather with athletes down a nutrition route. Um, about halfway through that PhD, I went on an Isaac course to do um, skinfold measurements. Um, and I uh, bumped into a guy who had lectured me on my master's, a guy called Nigel Mitchell, who at the time was nutritionist for British Cycling. And he just started with the DIS, the English Institute of Sport. Um, so we got chatting. I said, oh, I quite fancy a degree in nutrition now. Um, and I, I started to go shadow him up at EIS Manchester. Um, got to know him. And then, lo and behold, a year later, there was an internship come up uh, in the EIS in sports nutrition, and I was lucky enough to get it uh, back when we did intern uh, programs. Um, and I would say that intern program probably changed my career, changed my perspective on life. Uh, it was probably the most important year of my career, uh, not only to get the, you know to start working with elite athletes, um, but also the training program that the IS put around us. Uh, it's called the Fast Track Practitioner Program, but. Uh, essentially, it was to fast track your skills to work in high performance sport, from influencing, coaching. Um, how do you how do you problem solve? How do you how do you cope under pressure? A whole range of areas. Uh, it's probably the most influential piece of learning I've ever done, uh, alongside the mentoring I got from Nigel at the time. Um, I then that then converted into a full time job, um, working with British Triathlon, Canoe Slalom, and GB Short Track. Uh, which took me through the Beijing Olympics, uh, then into the London Olympics, um, and I was lucky enough to be part of the support team at London uh, for British Triathlon. Um, I was there as two brothers did an amazing uh, uh, performance as they they lapped around the serpentine in London and created this. What I can only describe as a Mexican wave of sound, uh, so you always knew where they were even if you couldn't see them. So, so to be part of that was was incredible. Um, and then I remember sitting in the stands, David Bowie was playing Heroes, as they did it every time. Somebody, uh, a British person, did well in London. Uh, and the, the crowd was emptying. And I sat there and went, this is probably not going to get any better than this uh, as a practitioner. Um, and I realised my career then was probably to go down leadership uh, route. I was lucky enough to get an opportunity to then become head of nutrition at the IS uh, after London. Um, and then led uh, an incredible team of 28 practitioners into Rio, um, uh, working across 75% of the medalists uh, in in Rio and across the Olympics and the Paralympics. Uh, and it was nice to sort of change my position and, and kind of uh, have a job where my job was to allow other people to do theirs. Um, and then now since Rio, I've... Uh, been appointed director of science and technical development at the EIS, so part of the senior management team of the EIS, and uh, um, yeah, with a role that's that's really focused on practitioner development. So, so yeah, so it's, it's uh, been quite a journey. Kevin, what a really fascinating career journey. Just touching back though, from a research perspective, now, how have you seen academic research have an impact in high performance sport, especially in nutrition? Yeah, we're probably really lucky in nutrition. There's a good base of research. Um, it can be quite focused at times. You probably know a lot about carbohydrate and protein. Outside of that, it, it can get a bit sparse. But 
there's some great researchers out there, and actually in the UK we're really lucky because there's a, uh, some amazing academic researchers in the UK, people like James Morton and Graham Close at uh, John Moores, Kevin Tipton up at Stirling, uh, Craig Sale at Nottingham, to name a few. And what we tried to do in the last cycle especially was partner with some of those academics. So we in particular partnered with uh, Nottingham Trent and Liverpool John Moores. Uh, we match funded a PhD in both both institutions, one with Craig Sale around um, bone health and how that would influence, how nutrition can influence that in athletes. And we were able to see the, the uh, how would that partnership impacted on, particularly the triathlon performance in Rio, uh, supporting the athletes to stay fit and healthy, uh, or at least hopefully, uh, played a small part. Uh, and then uh, 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 supporting some of the research at Liverpool John Moores, looking at some of the molecular adaptations to endurance exercise uh, and particularly see how we can take some of the molecular research and make it applied. That's been kind of good to see in the last few years. I think it's really important that applied practitioners and academia work together um, so they don't go off on tangents from each other. Um, I think quite often the um, we have some questions that need answering in sport and, and academics can help us do that by working with us. Uh, and likewise, we can learn a lot from the research that we just you know we don't know that we don't know we need. Um, as well so there's, there's a real two-way relationship that I think is positive there. Absolutely just relating to today's main topic now because there's a lot of sports science students who listen to the show what core skills do you need to be a sports nutritionist? The first thing is some knowledge in nutrition alongside some knowledge of <coughs> uh, training in sport uh, how you train how do you adapt to training how do you recover so you, you need some knowledge but there comes a point where more knowledge doesn't equal more impact uh, so we wouldn't employ anyone who doesn't have a master's, for instance, so that type of level of knowledge. But beyond that, your, your knowledge isn't your differentiator to working in high-performance sports. It's really your, uh, your soft skills, your ability to communicate, influence, uh, persuade, critically think, problem-solve. They're the type of key skills that really make a difference uh, for practitioners in high-performance sport because everybody's got a master's increasingly everyone's got a PhD um, so actually it doesn't differentiate one person from another and I can pretty much guarantee if we've had to remove people from jobs over the last 10 years or so in the IS, pretty much guarantee it's not down to their technical knowledge it's down to their communication skills influencing skills how they manage themselves in periods of stress um, so those kind of soft skills which to be fair you're not really taught university it was something that I you know I mentioned before the fast track practitioner program I was part of in the mid 2000s uh, in the IS that that was focused wholly on those soft skills and we focus in the IS most of our training around those soft skills to, because we think they make a huge difference um, so yeah so I think it's about, about taking every opportunity to develop those soft skills and, and the, you know if I reflect back I you know, I used to work in a bar in the summer, I guess like most students, some sort of summer work. Well, that's interacting with customers. That's interacting with other humans. So you're learning soft skills. You may not realize it at the time. Um, you just think you're earning some money to pay for some beer, I guess. But um, actually, in hindsight, you know, you're kind of interacting with customers. You you are learning those soft skills. And I think they are so, so important, uh, I guess, in any walk of life, but definitely in high performance sports. 
Kevin, that's really great to hear. This is an area I try and highlight on the show. It also relates to your personality as well. Just reflecting back to your career now with your book, what inspired you to write your nutrition book? And would you mind explaining to the listeners a bit more detail? Yeah, well, um, I'd always liked the idea of writing a book at some point. And then I actually got a phone call out of the blue from a publisher, uh, Crowwood Press, and they said, would you like to write a book? Uh, they actually said, would you like to write a textbook on sports nutrition? Uh, and I said, no, I wouldn't. Uh, but what I would like to write is a, uh, a book on sports nutrition that translates the science into practice and to be one that's focused on performance rather than nutrition. And I kind of pitched the idea to them that uh, instead of – you pick up a normal nutrition book, it's about carbohydrate, protein, fats, hydration, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas an athlete doesn't think like that. An athlete thinks, what's the outcome? I'm trying to recover or um, I'm trying to improve my – performance on the pitch or I've got an injury what can I do or I'm ill so it's almost an outcome and so I've tried to build the book around around that so each chapter is almost an outcome and then try and explain how nutrition can help influence that outcome within there and within each chapter try to take it from the science down to the practice so try and review the science but in a hopefully a understandable way uh, so you don't actually have to be a scientist to understand it but then the ending with some real practical tips uh, how to apply that in there uh, in the real world that is great kevin to all the listeners listening in there will be a link to kevin's book because i've actually have read it and what he says i have to agree it's that practical element which i really enjoyed during the book out of interest what have you been up to recently um well the main thing for me is i yeah i got a new job back in january director of science and technical development at the eis um so i guess most of my time in the last few months has been around um around that job role, understanding uh, what it takes to be a senior leader in an organisation the size of the EIS, which is 400-odd people, um, the challenges that that brings. Um, and then alongside that, a real focus, uh, which is a real focus of the role is, is how do we develop science practitioners um, so they can work effectively in uh, high-performance sport. We employ something like 250 science and medicine practitioners uh, as an institute, it's probably more than that. Um, there's a range of experience in there from those who will be just starting out, literally just finished a master's out of university, right through to people who've done five, six Olympic plus Olympic Games. So how do we have a career pathway and develop them throughout that uh, period? Because at the end of the day, they're our greatest asset, these people. Um, and we need to find a way to do that. And I've been lucky enough to have a career journey in the institute Um and you know the, the opportunity to uh, give that back to, to other people is, is quite exciting. Just, just on a personal note, Kevin, what have you enjoyed the most from your career looking back? I think it's working with people. I think, um, which I probably wouldn't have said 15, 20 years ago, because I'm naturally quiet, shy person. That's my natural disposition. But actually, it's working with people. Uh, working with an elite athlete is is incredible and particularly the, the truly great athletes when you get to work with a truly great athlete is uh something a little bit special you see um you see the dedication you see the focus that they have but they're also really challenging because they won't just accept what you say they won't just do it because you've got a phd and they'll do it um, you need to persuade them you need to kind of get their buy-in um, and that kind of challenge I, I really like. Um, I also enjoyed working a lot with coaches. I think as science and medicine practitioners, we need to 
uh, work with coaches closely. They, a coach can see something we could never dream of. Uh, let's be honest, most of the training research just tells a coach what they already know. Um, and I think you see that quite often in the case where science is catching up with what coaches do uh, because their coaching eye is incredible. It might not sound scientific. It might not sound uh, peer-reviewed and, and everything, but their their ability to sense and see their sport is amazing. So, yeah, working with world-class athletes and working with world-class coaches is, for me, been the highlight uh, because it, they are challenging, they are dedicated, and, and to see a... Uh, a truly great athlete train it is amazing. I used to every Tuesday I used to go to Leeds, uh, and I'd watch the the triathlon training group there under the supervision of Malcolm Brown, who's a great coach. And you just watch the track session, and you just see coach and athlete working together in harmony, and you just see athletes do things that you just would never ever imagine they're able to do. Uh, the way they the way they can push themselves to the absolute limit be on the floor then get up and do it again uh, so it's incredible to see uh, and I guess as a student I used to think why do people always complain that all, all uh, research is in 21 year old male students when I was a 21 year old male student I thought I what's your problem you know they're just people and while they are but elite athletes are people but they are special they're the outliers and science does really well with the people who sit in the middle of the bell-shaped curve to use a statistical term they sit way, way off that curve. They are the outliers, and, and it's yeah, it's amazing to, to see and work with. What you're talking about is like music to my ears. It's an area of sport I find fascinating, and even speaking to elite athletes on this show, you do see that dedication and commitment just shine through. I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university sports students who want to pursue a career in sports nutrition? It's a very good question. I think... Work really hard. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. You know, being a student, you should enjoy yourself, but work really hard and really challenge yourself. I think, um, if I'm really honest, I think university students are spoon-fed now. I've just recently gone back to university to do an MBA, and it's brilliant. Uh, I'm loving it. But they almost walk you through the answers to the questions, like in, in assignments and exams. I used to love going to the library, and you know, you'd have a question, you've got 1,500 words to write on it. And that's all you knew you had a question in 1500 words and you had to go and figure out how to put that together, how to communicate that, how to do the research. So uh, I think it's really important to work hard, but also really challenge yourself, not just kind of expect a lecturer to spoon feed you with the answers. Go find out the answers for yourself. Be curious. Don't see yourself as a customer. I know you're paying lots of money these days for university courses, but uh, see yourself as a student who's there to learn and develop. And then go out and get experience. It's the most important thing you can do is go and have a go at being a sports scientist. You'll fail constantly. That's all right. It's okay to fail. We've all done it. But go out there and get experience. And kind of just don't sit there and think, oh, it's really hard to get experience. Yes, it is. And that's kind of the point is it's really hard to do it. But there are lots of people who have done it and now have successful careers. So, yeah, really go and drive for that experience uh, as well and put yourself in positions you're not comfortable with. Um, there's probably quite a few points in there Kevin that is great I really do hope the listeners take that on board how can people interact with you um I am on social media I don't particularly use it too much um so I'm on Twitter LinkedIn um the EIS website is uh, www.eistowin.co.uk which is probably a, uh, another easy place to get hold of me 
uh, uh, you know, professional purpose. So. That is great to all the listeners listening in to be able to connect with Kevin. All the links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Kevin, it's been great chatting with you today. Thank you very much. No problem. What a really interesting career journey by Kevin. And I really do hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. For me, the biggest learning lesson I learned from this interview was how you can apply a sports science degree in the real world. And in this case, with regards to sports nutrition. So if this is an area of a career journey you'd like to pursue, I really do hope you took on board the career advice from Kevin. And it really does knuckle down to you as a person. There was a great snippet there when Kevin said, you get to a point when your education hits a peak, but it all comes down to how you cope under pressure and how you deal with those soft skills and really efficient communication skills as well. So if you really want to pursue a career in this area of sport, I highly recommend you having another listen again so you can be really prepared with regards to your career journey in sports nutrition. Best of luck. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Kevin said, work really hard and challenge yourself. In life, we always like the easy road, but really it's that long left turn, right turn, or that bumpy road which will really define our career going forward. And that is by working hard in life and really challenging yourself because that will define you as an expert.